It's unnecessary roughness. I mean, it's the most important day of the year, right? This first day of pads, real football starts, you know, all the stuff that we exed and owed out all year, uh, we're finally putting the metal to the floor and getting in there. So, yeah, for me, that's the most exciting part about training camp. And uh, once we cross that and go get back to the third down passes and all that stuff, but first day of pads is important. Uh, I think it's going to be a good day tomorrow. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy Q. Q. Fullback Jakob Johnson right there with a smile on his face. You can hear the smile on his face when he's talking about pads going on tomorrow. That'll be day six of Raiders training camp and the first day of pads. So we look forward to that, look forward to being out there at the facility. I know the morning tailgate will be broadcasting live from the facility. Uh, I'll be out there as well. JT will be broadcasting from the uh, Raiders podcast studio tomorrow. So we'll all be out and about uh, from Raider Nation Radio 920 covering it like a glove as we've been covering every day of training camp from weekends, weekdays, don't matter. Uh, whatever day they have training camp, we're going to be out and about. We're going to be all over it. And so uh, that, that will continue tomorrow as they put the pads on. We threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, talking about the Raiders' offense. What do you think it'll look like under Jimmy G? How do you think that they'll operate? I think it's going to be a lot of short, intermediate passes, a heavy dose of the run game. Josh Jacobs and Zamir White, not either or. Uh, it's going to be both, I do believe. And you'll see a lot of the short, intermediate passes. Uh, you'll see a deep shot here and there just to try to keep the defense honest. But honestly, I think that they're going to have a lot of sustained drives, a lot of long drives. I think that's where Hunter Renfro is going to help out in a major way. A lot of underneath stuff to him. He's going to get back to being third in Renfro instead of being the guy that is you know, targeted early and often. I think it's going to be, as I mentioned when he was a rookie, one of the biggest things I had to say about Hunter Renfro when he was a rookie was it was going to be about quality catches as opposed to quantity of catches. And I think that's what he's going to get back to this upcoming year. I think he's going to get a bunch of the underneath stuff that's going to keep drives alive, and that's a good thing. It really is. That's, that's what the Raiders need to do is be able to have sustained drives. I think Jacoby Myers will act as the uh, number two wide receiver. Uh, he'll get some of the, the intermediate targets. Right, I think Hunter will get the the short targets. Uh, Jacoby Myers will get some of the intermediate stuff, and I think Devontae is going to get a combination of of, of everything. <laughs> right, I mean Devontae is going to be target A all the time. He's always the first option. Like there, it's always seventeen is the first option. But you know, it, it's going to be a combination of the short stuff, like the immediate off the line of scrimmage, boom, just hike the ball and, and, and throw it to him, boom. Done. And let him do what he does. He'll get the intermediate stuff, the slants, uh, get the yard after the catches, and then there'll be a couple shots that they'll take uh, to Devontae as well, try to stretch the field a little bit. I mean, the good thing about Devontae, there's nothing on that field he can't do. That's the good thing. I think Trey Tucker's going to be involved in the Raiders' offense. I think he's going to have a nice little role. I'll tell you what, I don't know how much he's active as far as a wide receiver, but this dude has been active out there at practice. Now, tomorrow when the pads come on, I'll be interested to see what it looks like then, but this dude's been after it. He's been making tough catches. Uh, he looks really good as a punt returner right now, uh, kick returner. He did, he did muff a punt today, uh, but that was just, you know, one, one time. That's the first one I've, I've seen him muff all, all, uh, you know, all camp so far. Uh, I think he's going to be very active. I honestly, I'll put it out there like this, and I said it today at, at camp multiple times to anybody who will listen, including uh, J- Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black, who I believe is going to join the show tomorrow. Um, I think him and DeAndre Carter are in an absolute battle. I think that they're going to fight for a, a spot because they're almost the same guy, right? They're both really quick. They both could be good wide receivers. DeAndre Carter kind of came into his own as a receiver for the Chargers last year. Trey Tucker can catch the ball really well. He can, he can thrive in the slot if, if need be. 
I think with Hunter Renfro there this year, he doesn't need to be that guy. But they're very similar, right? And and, and obviously Trey Tucker was drafted. He he's going to make the squad, but he's fighting to show that he can he could be out there and perform immediately. I think that's a battle to pay attention to, especially when the the pads come on and when the Niners and, and, and Rams have the joint practice. See what he looks like against those guys. Obviously, he'll be participating in uh, in preseason games as well. But, you know, I, I think that this one against the Niners, man, the joint practice against the Niners is really, in particular, to me, one that stands out. Because their defense, we know how good their defense is. You know damn well they're not going to want to give anything up to Jimmy G. Not that they don't like him, but that's their former guy, right? You don't want to give up nothing to him. They want to feel like that they know exactly what he could do. And they're going to try to make life miserable on Jimmy. So how the Raiders perform in joint practice against those guys, I think is going to go a long way. Of course, the Rams, that'll be cool as well. But I think the 49ers joint practice, that's really going to go a long way. The game, not so much. But the joint practice, yeah, that to me is going to do something. Uh, 69187, keyword r so don't be broke.com. Text line, Jim from Yonkers said, I think if everything went right, I see a 12-5 and team. 4-2 and versus the AFC West. 4-1 versus the NFC, and 4-2 and versus conference, if all breaks right. I have you two playing and listening to Unnecessary Roughness at the same time. What a great combo. I'm completely sober. LOL. Thank you. <laughs> so Jim from Yonkers, he's got some combos going on right there. He's got you two on. He's got the radio on. He thinks the Raiders are going to go 12-5. and five. I mean, he's, he's working with something, right? Maybe he extended the weekend. <laughs> right? Maybe he just extended the weekend. I ain't mad at you, man. I'm not mad at extending the weekend. Believe me, any opportunity I can to have an extended weekend, I will. It doesn't happen very often, as you know. Ari, Ari's rolling his eyes. It's so funny. Ari's like, yeah, right. When? When do we have an extended weekend? I know. Oh, not we, you, straight up. I mean, that's well, prop, I, props to you. Like, I, I hear and there, you know, I get Right, a, but a the problem is that my expectations are if I don't have an extended weekend, ain't nobody having an extended weekend. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, you know, it, it just it kind of is what it is. That's that's how we roll. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with that. And those, I mean, that's that's everything breaking right. That's that's a great break right, right? Four and two against the AFC West, four and one against the NFC, and four and two against Conference. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think there's all I I feel like the Raiders are always going to split with the Chargers, and I I feel like that they could sweep the Broncos, but it's so hard to just say you're going to sweep a team, right? I mean, just beating a team twice in the NFL is tough. So I, I just kind of always say that they're going to split with the Broncos, split with the Chargers, and have a chance to split with the Chiefs. And they had a chance to split with the Chiefs last year. Really should have won that week five game, and it didn't happen. I think they should have won it. I mean, who knows? You know, it, it was a close game, though. We all do know that. It was very close. And, and if they were going to win one of them, it would have been that one. At some point, they've got to find a way to beat the Chiefs and beat the Chiefs on the road, too. Right? They've got to be able to, 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 do, to boot, do both, not only win at home, but also win on the road. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the WBroke.com text on Q&Ari. Happy Monday, gentlemen. I'm liking today's topic, and I'll keep it easy. Jimmy G will keep our O simple and expect a lot of slants. I see us controlling the clock, and most importantly, we'll score touchdowns and less field goals. Lock that up. Wow, what a great past weekend in both boxing and UFC. Crawford's dominant performance and Justin Gaethje's kick that knocked Dustin Poirier out. Not going to lie. I was surprised how easy Crawford took down Spence. Cue your thoughts on Crawford's wins. Ari's what's What's your take on the two-piece bikinis during the summer season pool parties in Vegas? That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And Ari, I'll go ahead and let you answer first. What are your thoughts on the two-piece bikinis during this summer's uh, pool parties in Vegas? The same as any season, in any anywhere in any city. Um, two thumbs up. <laughs> 
How often was do you get hard... out to a how often do you get out to a pool party? That is the real question. Was, that was not the question, so I'm not gonna. No, I want to. I want to uh, know what? how often because I know I invite you as I'll be out and this is a great plug. Mm-hmm. I'll be out the uh, Zelo Ultra Pool inside the Sahara Las Vegas this Friday. I always invite you out, and you're never a, you're always a no show. So that's that. Hey, I work a lot. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not a big pool party guy. To answer your question, I feel like uh, more like cookouts. There's just no pool involved. Just it's really just by coincidence. So. I'm not saying I would I would say no to a pool party. It's just you say no every time I invite you. You don't show up. All what right. do you mean? All right, all right. I don't I, understand. I, I will make it one of these days. I, I'm I'm just saying it's just not something that I uh, that remember. I remember those do. famous last words, Raider Nation. I'll make it one of these days. That's better than uh, what, what do they normally say? You said it last. Yeah, week. I'll try. Um, I'll try to get. I'll there. see I'll what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> if you say you see it. what you'll do, you could do. That's definitely a no go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Try to get there, and you'll make it one of these days. That's that's fine. Uh, as far as Crawford's win, yeah, man, Crawford dominated Spence. And it's funny, in the barbershop in Indicut, uh, Will and, uh, and and Ron Ron, we were going back and forth. We were at the uh, When I was at the shop on Saturday after Raiders training camp, we were talking about the fight, and Will had asked me who I thought was going to win. I said Spence. I just put Spence out there because I didn't know. And, and I told him that. I said, look, I have no idea. Uh, I'm just going to roll with Spence because why not? I'm not a, a boxing aficionado, so I don't. You know, I don't know the ins and outs, and I think Will was rolling with me on Spence, and Ron Ron was going for Crawford, and Ron Ron said, hey, man, I think Crawford is going to knock him out early. And, well, when he knocked him down, when he knocked down Spence in the second round, all I could think of was Ron Ron talking about Crawford whooping on Spence and the fact that uh, he was going to talk trash to Will after, after uh, Crawford won the fight. And the only thing I cared about because I bought the fight was that it, it lasted more than, like, two rounds, two, three rounds, because I wanted to get my money's worth. When he knocked out Spence in the second round, I thought, oh, man, there went $45 a round. That stinks. <laughs> so with the fight going a little bit longer than it – obviously it did. It, it, went, it went quite a bit farther. I feel like I got my money's worth, so that was okay. But, uh, yeah, it was – I mean, once he knocked him down in the second round, you knew how that fight was going to end. So uh, there's that, and I, I agree with your thoughts on the keeping the offense simple. Uh, a lot of slants, a lot of uh, quick hitters, and a lot of run – and yards after the catch. So uh, thank you, Sir Whiskey Ray. Uh, I do appreciate you. Uh, Jim from Yonkers said, I'm just very happy my brother is still with us. Just some very optimistic days lately. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, Jim. Uh, we're, we're happy that that's, uh, that's the case as well. So definitely appreciate the follow-up text. Uh, also got a text. Uh, which one is this from? Hold on. Uh, oh, Little J and KC. I didn't finish Little J's text. He said, as long as the offensive score points, I don't think many will complain how it gets done. Excited to see something new. Little Jay in Kansas City out. Yeah, that's, that's the point. you got to score, but you got to score touchdowns. you got to make a habit of getting, getting in the end zone instead of kicking field goals. Daniel Carlson, love to see him out there, but I'd love to see him out there kicking extra points. Don't want to see him having to kick as many field goals as he's had to do. They've got to find a way to dominate in the red zone. Jimmy G is really good in the red zone. Uh, Michael Mayer is really good in the red zone. Devontae Adams is really good in the red zone. Hunter Renfro is really good in the red zone. Josh Jacobs is really good in the red zone. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of really good in the red zone. <laughs> so uh, they got to be able to figure out a way to get it done in a major way in the red zone. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. And I think, I think that was all the text I wanted to get to. Yes, that was yep. That was all the text I wanted to get to for now. So uh, that's cool. Thank you for that. Uh, continue to hit us up with your feedback at 702-365-9200. That's the Radio Nation listener line or the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. On Saturday, 
Raiders training camp, day four, uh, had an opportunity as they had the basically the whole community was there. Uh, different schools were there. Bonanza High School was there. Clark High School was there. Valley High School, Spring Valley High, Palo Verde, Coronado, the girls' flag football team, uh, Del Sol girls' flag football team, Silver and Black flag football team. That's Northwest Flag Football League. Uh, there's a lot of different youth that were represented on Saturday at Raiders HQ for, uh, for training camp day five. And one of them, as mentioned, was Bonanza High School. So I had an opportunity to go sit up in the stands. It was really cool, man. I got to sit with the stands or sit in the stands with the fans and also with Coach Keith Jones and talk to him about his experience. Here's that conversation. We're here at Raiders training camp day four. It's a Saturday. There's a lot of folks here in the building, including Bonanza High School, and I'm here with Coach Jones. And, Coach, what does this mean to you to be able to bring your team out here and observe a, a practice like this? Um, I think it's awesome. Um, my, my, my kids, you know, I was explaining to them how blessed they are to have a team in our own backyard now. So to be able to come see the professionals work out, man, it, I think it motivates them and, uh, you know, make them want to, go harder, you know, do, do, do the things they need to do to try to get to this level. What was it like when you let them know that you were going to be here this Saturday? Um, they were excited. They were excited to go. Um, they, they, they wouldn't stop texting. They wouldn't, you know, <laughs> messages were coming left and right, you know, but they were excited and um, I think they were, but at the same time, I think there was a, a sense of um, the, the unknown, you know, so now that they're here and they see it's football, at the end of the day, they're, they're so comfortable now, so they're starting to move around a little bit and have, have some fun with it. So when they come out here and they see the practice they see the drills. What, as you, for a coach's point of view, how can you take away kind of some of the life lessons and, and teaching moments that, that they're seeing out here firsthand? Well, this is great. I always tell them that football is universal from Little League all the way up through the pros, you know, and the, the only difference is the levels of it, you know, and, and how guys work, you know. So I think them seeing it for themselves, you know, at this level can, can motivate them and, and um, you know, character-wise, things of that nature, just knowing, knowing how did these guys get here. You know, I had to take care of business. I had to be, you know, a certain kind of young man, you know, so I think those things will play a big part in, in, in the, those guys moving forward. Again, Bonanza head football coach, Coach Jones, is with us here. Raider Nation Radio 920. We're at uh, Raiders training camp, day four. It's Saturday. And, you know, one of the things I always say about high school football is it's more than wins and losses. It's also, you know, shaping the community. And it's also, you know, building relationships for life and, and teaching these young men to be, you know, pillars in the community how big and important is that for you to not only teach the x's and o's side of things but also how to be young men um life lessons you know the life lessons are a daily thing um teaching these guys you know j just how to respond how to you know be disciplined you know the, the character that they have to conduct themselves with you never know who's around you you know so all, all those things are important and you know, I think they get to see it out here at a professional level. And the good thing about being out here is they get to see it on the field with the players in the helmets, but they also see all the staff walking around, how professional they are, you know, things of that nature. So it ain't just about playing the game. It's just about in life. Whatever opportunities you get, you have to learn how to be a professional. You have to be respectful, and you have to go hard at it as well. You know, you know ever since the Raiders have been here in this community, they've made sure that they were in this community. Always taking care of all football season long. We have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. And just making sure they're present, not just playing in Las Vegas. How important is that? Um, that's big. I mean, you can't – if 
it's big because they need to the support as well. You know, the high schools need mm-hmm. to support, but the Raiders need to support as well. So I think just bridging that gap is huge for this community. Have you uh, had an opportunity to check out the the football, the high school football wall that's in uh, with all the helmets there in Allegiant yeah. Stadium? What have you thought about that? Oh, that's a, that, that wall is amazing. <laughs> you know, it, it take me back to my high school days. Right, right. Looking up there, seeing some of that stuff up there, you know. So, yeah, that's that's big. I wish I had one. I need <laughs> Right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what did high school football mean to you when you were coming up and playing? Oh, it was big. You know, it, it, the town was a lot smaller back then. Right. You know, we only had like 10 high schools out here back then. Um, but I think everybody was so close to each other because we all went to school where we were mm-hmm. zoned and we all grew up playing Little League together. So when we got to high school, we were looking forward to going to that high school since we was kids. Yeah. You know, so by the time we got there, it was just the biggest thing ever for us. It's something special about Friday nights, isn't it? Yeah, man. I love Friday. <laughs> I don't even want to work on Friday. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming now with your team being out here and being able to check out practice, they're probably ready to get back uh, to the field and, and do some practice of their own. Yeah, and, and, you know, we just handed out equipment yesterday. We'll nice. be in helmets and jerseys just like this on Monday. So okay. they, they're anxious. They're ready to get after it now. What, what do you think is uh, the the outlook for the season? Or if, I know it's early. You know, obviously you guys still going through practice and putting out, handing out the helmets and, and, and pads. But you know, how do you feel about your team that's returning? You know, I think that we have a good opportunity. This is one of those years that we um, we really feel confident about it. Um, we, we've had a realignment. You know, so our schedule is a good schedule for us this year. We've got a good committed group that's been around us for three to four years now. So I think we'll be on the up and up this year coming up. Well, that's always a good thing, and I'm sure that they're excited. I'm sure you're excited to get back to it. And I got I to gotta walk around and protect uh, this guy, MT, in front of me, man. I, I had to save the day from him earlier, man. I, he, almost, he almost was in a bad situation. He almost had and that's the best way to close it down right there with Bonanza head football coach, Coach Jones here. We love the Raiders, man, and good luck to them this season. And we appreciate you guys, too. Coach, coach Keith Jones right there from Bonanza High School had an opportunity to catch up with him on Saturday as the Raiders had a community day. They really did. They had so many different people in attendance. As you can hear, uh, the crowd chanting Raiders. I thought that was a perfect way to end it. And please believe they had no idea that I was doing an interview. They were so focused in on, on what was going on in the field. But that, that was the greatest way to end it with them just – shouting out Raiders and I don't know if you heard there when I said that I had to save MT and that's our guy Mike Taylor he was sitting in front of me because he's the you know he's a big uh, community guy and so uh, he always gets me involved in a lot of the high school football stuff and uh, he's, he's been such a great guy to work with well he went to sit down in front of me and he didn't realize that there was a, a water bottle sitting there where he was going to sit down so right before he sat down I literally grabbed it and snatched it out of there and he sat down and I was like man I just saved you from a world of hurting that you have no idea about, brother. (laughs) And everyone that was behind him obviously saw it and got a good laugh. And he was like, I'm glad I really don't know. And I said, yeah, yeah, you are. You're really glad because that would have been an unwelcoming uh, turn of events. (laughs) <laughs> for one MT if I hadn't uh, snatched that bottle. I said, look, I don't have the fastest uh, <laughs> reactions these days, but that one was on point. <laughs> so uh, I had your back on that one, literally. But, uh, no, it was great to catch up with uh, Coach Jones from Bonanza High School. Also, Clark High School football team is represented. Valley High football team, Spring Valley High, Palo Verde girls flag football team, Coronado girls flag football team, Del Sol High School girls flag football team, and the Silver and Black flag football league, Northwest flag football league. We're all in attendance. They have another one of these community days coming up on August 6th. 
and it's just a bunch of different uh, organizations also that were in attendance on uh, on Saturday. Clark County Fire Department, Community Ambulance, Las Vegas uh, Metro, uh, Henderson Police Department, Nevada State Police, North, North Las Vegas Police, Spring Mountain Youth Camp, the Center, Leaders in Training, Latinas in Power, NAACP, Las Vegas, Asian Community Development Council. Everybody was in attendance. I'm telling you, man, when I say that it was a lot of folks, it was a packed house on Saturday, there is no doubt. It was a packed house, but I think it's important, and the Raiders do as well, that they you know, are giving back to the community and make sure that they're a big player in the community, and that's exactly what they're doing. The Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award, that is coming back for another year. Uh, every year that I've been here, we've been able to do that. It's a lot of fun catching up with whoever that coach happens to be, just talk about the, the team, the win that they had on Friday night, uh, get them in the running for the Tom Flores Co- Football Coach of the Year Award, uh, which I think is awesome as well. So we'll be doing that throughout the course of the high school football season. And uh, many thanks to the Raiders for allowing us to be involved in that. And, of course, anything that has uh, the Hall of Fame coach's name involved in it, Coach Tom Flores, we got to do and respect at a very high level. 420 is the time. When we come back, we'll get to some more texts. We'll get to some more calls. Plus, we get some sound uh, from uh, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. He talked to the media today. Plus, I want to go back to Saturday and Robert Spillane, the linebacker. Uh, he had a lot of stuff to say that really kind of got me fired up from a defensive side of, uh, of things. We'll start off with him. We'll get to Mick Lombardi. We'll do it all next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I just thought right now of uh, Brother Jones. I don't know how familiar you are with Brother Jones, but back in the day, I want to say it was about 2010, I was, uh, I was big on Brother Jones. And if you don't know who Brother Jones was, he, he was the guy on YouTube. And I don't know who turned me on to him, but he was pretty funny. He uh, always had, like, his different little videos on YouTube. Uh, and one of them was, uh, I think, like, Brother Jones Barbecue or something like that. <laughs> or all kind of weird stuff, right? Just all kind of – he was just a comical dude. So I was just thinking about Coach Keith Jones from Bonanza High School, and I was talking to, to Ari before we came back on the air, and I was like, hey, make sure you uh, send that interview over to, to the Raiders because I know it's important to him." And I was – like, hey, so send over Brother Jones. And as soon as I said that, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was, it was, it was so funny. Brother Jones had such a high voice, too. And he was just comical, man. Like, you've got you've to Google it. And maybe it's still there on YouTube. Maybe it's not. But, uh, and I don't remember. It was like barbecue. Oh, it was Brother Jones barbecue foot massage. So it was like he had a barbecue spot but a foot massage at the same time. That was one of them. It was just all kind of funny stuff, though. I mean, it's not like it was real. As Ari has this look on his face, like he's totally disgusted. <laughs> I mean, those two things don't really go together. No, they don't. That's the point. They don't go together. Exactly. But it was like, uh, Brother Jones, like, barbecue foot massage. <laughs> it was something like that. But it, like I said, it was back in like 2010. I used to, uh, I used to record some of the skits off of YouTube, and I'd play them on the radio just as a, you know, whatever, just a little buffer, have some fun with it or whatever. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Brother Jones, barbecue cute foot massage i think i used to call him my cousin jones or something i don't know what i used to call him but whatever taking it back to 2010 right there i'm showing my age it's all good uh coming up in a few minutes ari's gonna have reason or excuse he's gonna hit me with some topics i'll decide if it's a reason or excuse and we'll discuss it and of course we love your participation as well at 69187 keyword r also uh 702-365-9200 let me ask you this ari and i probably know the answer to this and i i, I don't i'm not trying to be disrespectful um 
I was mentioning when we were talking to Eric Dahlberg, the Summerlin South Juniors baseball all-star team head coach, uh, I was talking about going to the batting cages. Me and Vegas Jess and, and Jason, uh, your neighbor, we went, to, uh, we went to the batting cage yesterday. And I'll tell you, man, about an hour after we were done, I was sitting at the house. Oh, and Little Q, too. Little Q went, and uh, he was getting some swings in as well. His thing is basketball, but he did pretty good. But all four of us were there. And, man, I, I, I had to text Vegas Jess. I was like, hey, dude, is your neck hurting? Like, my neck is sore. I'll tell you right now, I, when, I, when I look I, and I turn my head, I literally have to turn my body because my neck is still sore from, uh, from playing in, or from, you know, in the batting cages and everything. But uh, how often have, has Ari gone to the batting cages? Ooh. Hmm. I know it's, that you're not the most athletic dude, but I'm yes, assuming that you've yes, been in the you love to tell everyone that. Love no, to I got, I got, I got to let everybody know your athletic background. <laughs> That's all right. Yes, yes, not known. <laughs> uh, let's see. You know what? Funny. It's a great tie-in. We didn't plan this. The last time I was at a batting cage, wow. I've been with Lotus for ten plus years, and yeah. back in the day, um, wink, wink, hint, hint. We should do more of these things. We had some cool company outings, and we went to. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the All American Park. It's down kind of on the east more. No, I, I haven't been there. Uh-huh. I haven't been there in so long. I can't even remember where it is. I, I want to say like Craig or Charleston on the east because I always okay. miss those two sh- uh, streets up. And they had – it was a bunch of different activities, barbecue, all that stuff. And they had a batting cage there, so that would be my answer. Who, was, I, the, who was good at, at the batting cage, <sighs> if anybody? I, I, no I mean, one I look, stood I, out to me, I would I'm about to say, I look at the <laughs> cast of characters now and I'm thinking, eh. Uh, yeah, not so you know much. who's probably believe it or not probably Cofield is good. I I don't really remember. I can see that. It was just, I can you know, see Steve being pretty good at baseball. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I mean a lot Salerno of Salerno always talks about how he's good at sports, but I just don't see mm, it. Me neither. He wasn't here at the time either. So okay, uh, a lot of people that probably aren't here anymore, honestly. Because what about Tyler? Do you think Tyler could could swing the bat? He always talks about how he could play basketball. Supposedly, he's really he's a baller. He doesn't really uh, look. He played college ball, like didn't that. he? Really? Wow. I, I think he played like, basketball in college, didn't he? Do you, I didn't know that. D what? Oh, I don't. I don't want to insult him and be like D three, which is still pretty remarkable. Let's be honest. But I I mean, you know, if you go to school and you and you're able to, if you're able to play any sport in school, what you do, man? No, I don't. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm speaking out of line. I'm not too sure. I always looked at Tyler as a guy that was a soccer player because he likes soccer. Uh, and apparently he doesn't play soccer, but he just likes soccer. So I don't know why I associated him with immediately, like, you have to be a soccer player. But He has that kind of build. But he Doesn't he look be... like he could be a soccer player? Yeah, that, that kind of. I think I bet you Grainy would be pretty good at, at – at, uh, I mean, I don't know if he's swinging a bat these days, but I bet you at one point Grainy was a pretty good baseball player. I'll tell you one thing about athletes in this place. Uh, rest in peace to Frank Harnish. You would not believe Ballpark oh, yeah. Frank, as you all know him. Ballpark yeah. Frank was, like, a an incredibly good tennis player, if you could really? believe that. Nice. I like, like tennis. I mean, it's just one of those sports that you don't know. It's not always so in the conversation. Oh, ah, yeah. tennis. I play tennis. Yeah. Like, you don't always meet. And, and, you know, he was a bigger, really a bigger dude. So Big it didn't dude, really, yeah. didn't really, it, it didn't really make sense to me. But everyone I've ever talked to, they like, they get like their face like scrunches up. Like, no, man, this guy. Oh, he's really good. Like, you don't want to see him out there on the courts. So, so there you go. <laughs> that, that's the, uh, that's pretty much probably one of the most athletic people. I just, got a, I just got a I just got a text from Jared, Jared Justice. Oh, uh, boy. You know, he he just said Tyler was on the newspaper in college, or what does that mean? He was in the newspaper in college. Probably if he was yeah. on the newspaper, <laughs> was he sleeping on it? <laughs> was he wiping his backside with I'm it? I'm gonna say what? in. That's hilarious, though. <laughs> was he throwing the damn thing? <laughs> what was he doing with said newspaper? <laughs> Not balling. That's for, no. Maybe he was on it. Like he was so special that they they did a write up on him and everything. I mean, now uh, it'd be different if he's like on the cover of a magazine or something. But I mean, if, if he was in the paper, that's cool. 
I was in the newspaper uh, for baseball when I was when I played when I was uh, uh, in seniors when I was a little kid. I, matter of fact, when we talked about this last time, I went and looked for the newspaper because my dad brought it when he came to visit. Like he's the he was the last dude that had the actual evidence. And at first, I thought it was missing, and I was really upset. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it went missing. It's gone. All, my only record of me being good at baseball is gone." And then the wife found it, so she located it, so we were good to go. So yeah, surprisingly, that's... I was never in the newspaper for anything athletic related. <laughs> you ain't got an athletic bone in your body, brother. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh no, Jared said I got no the sports. Brain. Oh that's, no, that's my athletic bone. Jared said that Tyler wrote for the paper. No sports. He wrote for the paper. All right. What a what a twist. <laughs> yeah, there, there goes there goes the twist of that story. So all your preconceived notions about Tyler Bischoff over on ESPN yeah. Las Vegas are correct. That story just took a, a twist uh, that I didn't expect. I was about to big up Tyler and give him some props on being an athlete. Now I found out he wrote for the school paper. All right. Well, speaking of athletes. Womp, womp. Let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Gangster Raider. Gangster, Gangster, what's on your mind? Hey, oh, don't trip on a newspaper. I was school. Uh, I was editor <laughs> of my newspaper and president of the BSU in high school. So nice. don't, don't get to tripping. Don't, don't make it think you soft. And I play running back, too. Nice. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I want to talk about your boy, Sean Payton. I think he's starting to realize that he done, he done hopped into a dumpster fire and he about to um really lose it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. him going after um Hackett, I think he's trying to set it up because he know, dang, it, it ain't going to be what he thought it was going to be. And so I believe that he's really starting to crack under the pressure because he see what he's inherited and he know he done bit off more than he can chew, especially asking for us for the first game. That's why I, I, uh, I really, really, really think it's imperative that we get Josh Jacobs back, especially for that first game, because they have no answer for Josh Jacobs in Denver. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Look, yeah. at the, look at his last five or six games against Denver. Mm-hmm. He shows his cheeks yep. against the um, Denver Broncos, both of them. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And they have no answer for him. So for him to already be cracking up before the season already, and if we can come out there the first game of the season and just – do it Raider Nation style to them, like how we get down. I think that'll really make them crack up, and this this isn't a good sign for the um for the donkey um country or whatever whatever they call themselves because if they if they um million dollar savior is already tripping and acting like this, and we ain't even put foot to them yet. Imagine how you gonna get to acting once we put foot up in them. You know what I'm saying? That's why I think it's impertinent that we get Josh Jacobs back, or if, if Josh Jacobs ain't back, we got to have Zeus be a a, a reasonable facsimile. Or Josh Jacobs, so we can get off in them. What you think about it? Am I am I way off? Are you feeling what I'm feeling? Um, no, I, I th- thank you for the call. I appreciate you. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. I think that's why he went out there and said what he said. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's cracking under pressure, but I think he's putting out the putting it out there like, hey, this is really bad, and this is going to take a lot of work. And if it doesn't get done right away, you know, then then that's kind of his out. I, I think you're spot on with that. I've been saying that since day one. I read into that as soon as he said it. Right, there's no reason to go back and revisit how bad the team was or how bad the organization was or or you know how bad a coach was unless all of a sudden you see that hey, I'm expected to turn this thing around and I it's going to take a while. That's the only reason that he'd put that out there anyway. Like he's saying and apologizing and saying that he wasn't in the right state of mind. Please believe it, that was a calculated move. He didn't say that for no reason. He wasn't that was a conversation as we had Nick Shook on from nfl.com last week. That was a conversation you have at a bar sitting around the house or, you know, chilling, having a drink with somebody. You have that conversation. You don't have that conversation on the record with Jarrett Bell of USA Today, who is a prize writer, 
right? I mean, you want to talk, we're talking about writing for the newspaper. Like that dude is a writer of all writers. You know, it's like you don't go, you don't go to the one of the best of the best and have a conversation on the record and think it ain't gonna be written up. So that was that was a hundred percent calculated. No, you're spot on, gangster Raider. Don't, uh, don't yeah, don't get that twisted. And uh, the Raiders and Josh Jacobs have had a ton of success against Denver, and I do think that they're gonna be a better team just because he is a better coach. But I don't think it's gonna get turned around as quickly as a lot of people think it's going to get turned around. So thanks so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, got a couple more quick texts that I'll get to. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, I was great back in the day in basketball during my high school years. Please don't forget about me. Sincerely, Damon. <laughs> Which we know that wasn't true. We know That's why I didn't even bring him up when I was talking about athletes in the building. I didn't have to bring him up because I know his, <laughs> his athletic skills aren't there. He's a hell of a guy in the weight room, but that's where it ends. <laughs> right, he's he's that guy in the weight room that uh, he'll pump up the iron. I give him that. Like he'll he'll out bench me. He'll out anything as far as weights go. That's he'll dominate that room. And that's there's something to be said about that. Don't get it twisted. But man, he ain't got no, there. Ain't nothing else. <laughs> he tried he tried to race me one time. We had left the rock star and we had gone and got something to eat across the street. And this was like the middle of the night. And he was talking all that noise in the parking lot. And I was like, I I'm good to race right now, man. Like we can we can get it get it going right now. He's like, all right, cool. Line up. So we lined up. Three, two, one, go. I took off. Boom. Burn on him. He's still at the standing line, man. He still says, oh, I was just kidding. I'm just kidding. He was, he was selling wolf tickets. Oh, my he, he ain't about that life. Uh, Jim from Yonkers hit us up and said, just an NFL question. How come no one has picked up the punter that the Bills cut last summer? He was cleared of all charges. If anything happened to our punter, we should keep an eye on this guy. Thank you. Oh, that's, uh, that's the young man from San Diego State. I don't, know the, the, I don't know the details behind that. I do know he was cleared. But I don't know the details on why nobody's picked him up yet. I, I just I, I don't know. I know he was a damn good punter at San Diego State. That's for sure. But those uh, those charges against him, that's one of those things, man. Sometimes when you get hit with stuff like that, it's hard to come back from that, even if they do find you innocent or you get cleared of, of all charges. One of my perfect examples of that is Sean Oakman. He was a defensive end at, at Baylor, and uh, he all of a sudden got, got charged with all kind of different you know, like sexual assault charges that came out to be false. And he, he never was, uh, you know, he didn't go to court or whatever like that. It just ended up being uh, he was cleared. I don't remember all the details behind it. And he was supposed to be a guy that a lot of a lot of uh, teams were looking at. And he never he never got a sniff in the NFL. I don't I don't know what it is. It's just those kind of things that happen to you. And I remember the punter. I don't remember his name. Was it Ariza? Was that was Matt Ariza? Yeah, Ariza. Yeah. Um, oh, man, good memory. Uh, so I, I don't know exactly, you know, all the details when he was cleared. But uh, sometimes those things you just don't. You just don't shake away from those as uh, you know as, as you should uh, because it's it's just it's one of those things. Also, even whatever the outcome was, let's just be honest. Especially over the last couple of years, I, I think the Raiders as an organization it would just play it safe. Like, oh yeah, I don't think just yeah. on just just because of the imagery of it all. Not even, right. Yeah. No, there, there's there's no doubt, and uh, I think AJ Cole's in a really really good position. So uh, he's a, he, he's a great ambassador for the community. He's obviously a great punter. Great teammate, so I don't think that the Raiders have anything to worry about when it comes to the punt game. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anyone ever picks up uh, picks up Ariza because, again, like you said, uh, he was he was cleared of all charges. It's unfortunate that he was charged to begin with. That's what stinks is getting those charges to begin with, and then all of a sudden, well, it, it happens the way it happens. Uh, let's get a couple sounds 
Real quick from Robert Spillane, the linebacker from Saturday. Uh, just because I, I left that media session, I was kind of fired up by what he had to say. I thought it was uh, really cool. Here's the first one, just talking about the characteristics, what everyone's looking for on defense. Remember, turnovers, takeaways, just being a dominant defense has been something that the Raiders have been preaching a lot. But here's Robert Spillane look, talking about the characteristics that they're looking for on defense. I love a blue-collar, gritty defense that's stingy, always attacking the ball, making plays, making turnovers. Um, at the end of the day, there's not much difference between a two and a four yard gain. But when you make those splash turnover plays, those really affect the outcome of games. So we're, how can I get my hand on a ball? How can I punch this ball out? How can I get in a passing window? Maybe make that quarterback throw it a few feet higher in the air. So I give my secondary time to make a play on the ball. Um, good defenses get PBUs, make tackles. Great defenses turn the ball over and score touchdowns. So that's what we're looking to do. Turn the ball over, score touchdowns. He said maybe make the quarterback throw the ball a little bit high or a little bit quick or whatever and then give the secondary an opportunity to make a play. Well, there's been a guy brought into the secondary uh, that has made a lot of plays in the NFL. That's Marcus Peters. Has 32 career interceptions, has a, a handful of, of you know pick sixes, scored a, a bunch of touchdowns. Uh, so here's Robert Spillane talking about the addition of Marcus Peters. I think he could add so much, and having a guy with that type of history – the ball searching history. He's lived that life. It doesn't happen by accident that he gets his hand on the ball so many times. You watch his film every single time he can. He's going for that strip out. He's going for that punch out. He's looking for ways and coverage to come off his receiver, even though he might be covering man to man and go make a play. And uh, you need guys like that, especially to help the young guys grow, to see that it's possible to do some two jobs at once. Yeah, I'm going to take care of mine, but now I'm going to go help my brother out. And he's a great uh, leader playing against him for so many years. I've seen it in person. I've seen him, him craft, and uh, he does a great job, and he's been great with the young players so far. Robert Spillane on Marcus Peters, and you could just hear like a smile on his face when he's talking about him and what he brings to the table. And I'll tell you, man, just listen. If you didn't get to hear the whole Robert Spillane uh, press conference, you need to go back and listen to it. I know uh, Doug played it earlier today on JT The Brick Show. I thought he did a really good job uh, just, just breaking that down, man, the way he talked about defense and the mentality to go get the ball, right, and, and what you got to do. And, and, and the game is literally called football. Like, the, the goal is to have and maintain the ball. If you're on defense, you got to go find a way to get the ball. That is something that the Raiders need to, as a team, be emphasis, uh, you know, be, have an emphasis on. And I do believe that they have that. They've got to create turnovers. Forcing turnovers has got to become a mindset. Robert Spillane talked about the, the, the forcing the turnovers and that mindset. It doesn't happen by accident. I always say you don't accidentally become an NFL linebacker, uh, undrafted player going on year six. It doesn't happen by accident. So it is that intentional mindset. It's something that you think about during practice, after practice, when you're at home, first thing you wake up in the morning. So you kind of live that life. It's all you, you're consumed by it. And that's something that, it, that brings you to that next level. I love it. You could tell that Robert Spillane, that's all he thinks about, like all day long, is ball, 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 and ball. You know what you want from a football player? You want that guy that thinks about ball all the time. Now, I mean, of course, you know, people are going to have a life. I know he mentioned that he lives here in Las Vegas now. He's going to get out in the community. He's going to get to meet and greet with people. He's excited about that opportunity. But just the attention to detail that he puts on the game of football is awesome. I think that that goes a long way. I think that's going to help the Raiders. Now, I know that Robert Spillane uh, has his strengths and he has his weaknesses, as every player does. He's not great in coverage, but 
He's a guy that at least he knows what he's supposed to be doing out there, and he's going to have an attention to detail to try to find a way to go get the ball, whether that's punching it out or if it's intercepting it, whatever the case may be. Something that I saw the Raiders doing today, the linebackers, it was one of the pictures I tweeted out at your boy Q254 at R&R 920AM was a drill that the linebackers were all going through, punching the ball out, punching the ball out, punching the ball out. They've got to have an emphasis on going and getting the ball. The final soundbite that I have for for you from Saturday from Robert Spillane is working with Antonio Pierce. He's a linebacker that did it on the highest level. He is the linebacker coach. So here's Spillane talking about Antonio Pierce. Yeah, I love working with Antonio. Uh, coach Pierce has obviously done it for a long time in the league. And when you got somebody like that in your meeting room as the leader of our room, uh, you, you listen and you want to soak in all the information. He's been to the game that we want to play, and he's won those big-time games being the green dot leader of that defense. So he has so many great ideas and coaching points, and I just uh, want to soak up everything he can give me. <laughs> Again, Robert Spillane smiling when he talks about linebacker coach Antonio Pierce, who's been there, done that on the highest level, has a ring. Right, <laughs> he's been a champion. The Raiders want to be champions. They got to figure out how to get that defense to complement the offense. Obviously, the offense got to do their part, but that defense has really got to do their part to complement them. And Robert Spillane will have something to say about that. So uh, when we come back, we'll have reason or excuse. Ari has a couple little topics that he'll hit us with, and I'll decide if it's reason or excuse. Before we do that, though, I do want to ask for caller number nine. You're going to get qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game, and more importantly, that's going to get you one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun, a week in New Mexico with a hot air balloon trip in Albuquerque in three days in Santa Fe, plus $1,700 spending cash. Or you could just take the cash, which is $3,000. Take the trip, take the cash. But the first step, you got to get registered for the four tickets to an Aviator game. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Shout out to Mark, who uh, right before his phone died, got in qualification for the four tickets to an Aviator's game. Nice. He was nice. quick with it. He was like, my name's Mark. I'm in the system. My phone's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly looked it up, and we got him in. At least he knew the routine. <laughs> Shout I know, out to right? my man Mark with the man, dying phone. You know, time time is of the essence in radio. Hey, so look, if he, to, if he goes to uh, New Mexico in a hot air balloon in Albuquerque <laughs> three days later in Santa Fe, he don't need his phone. He there just needs go. to have a good time, right? So there you go. Shout out to my man Mark. Shout out to Tom, who earlier uh, got registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game. Lotus Summer Fun is going on. All right, Ari. Reason or excuse, I heard the young lady say it, so go ahead and you, you bring <laughs> she it. She said it. It's happening. All right, well, as we all know, Jonathan Taylor had asked for a trade, and there's all this back and forth. There's a weird tweet out there, something about bad faith. So now yeah. Taylor's been having the back pain, which they also say is from an injury previous from the Colts. And now the team is considering placing him on the NFI list, which would forfeit his uh, 2023 salary. Is that and pl- Placing him on the NFI list, is that reason or excuse? No, that's definitely an excuse on the Colts' part. Uh, they're just being, and this is really when I say they, I mean Jim Irsay. He has mm-hmm. gone about this whole situation awful. Uh, I know that nobody in Raider Nation is excited about the way that things are going down with the Raiders and Josh Jacobs right now as he's waiting to sign his franchise tag. But for Jim Irsay, first of all, to come out put a tweet out uh, basically about running backs wanting money and saying that the CBA was negotiated and that's what they should live by. And, you know, saying that that's bad business if they if they're trying to get more money. And then the agent of Jonathan Taylor say bad business is not trying to pay your your best players. And then also Jim Irsay try to walk it back and act like, you know, act like he, uh, he wasn't talking about Jonathan Taylor. That's all 
That's all BS. Let's put it like that. Then they have a meeting together. It doesn't go very well. Jonathan Taylor asked for a trade. Uh, we know that he's not going to get traded, but for Irsay to come out and be like, he's he's being traded. He's not going to be traded, and, and he's going to play for us, and this, that, and the other. And if, if I die and he die, nobody's going to miss us. Like uh, Jim Irsay is just foul, man. There's a lot of foul things that he does. He was probably high as a giraffe's ass when he said it, too, because that's what kind of how he dibbles and dabbles. But whatever. That's his own issues. But, no, everything that they're doing with Jonathan Taylor right now is definitely the excuse. Uh, and it's, it's bad business going on there for real. I don't know how this plays out. Josh Jacobs, I believe, is going to sign his franchise tag at some point, and he'll end up back with the Raiders, and he'll end up playing this year. Jonathan Taylor, he might dig his heel, heels in now that he feels super disrespected. Like, this is disrespect on a whole different level, right? I mean, just putting this stuff out there in the public forum the way that – Ursay did is again I got to give the Raiders credit because they didn't put it out there in the public on the negotiations how uh, everything went down and, and start you know like I said disrespecting their star I mean look they 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 put whatever they put on paper uh, Josh Jacobs didn't agree to it fine so be it but just to go out there and say a bunch of stuff like Ursay is saying and tweet stuff like can you imagine Mark Davis tweeting stuff about uh. the about players like that's that's just bad business, man. That's so, just a weird tweet, too. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to play out, but everything they're doing in Indy is absolutely 100% an excuse. Yeah, and uh, I'll just add real quick. I saw not not just one time. I saw a few people saying, like, well, Jim Mersey has now taken over where, like, Dan Snyder left off as being, like, the worst <laughs> one of the worst owners. So, And you well, never want to be I'll compared tell you that. to that I'll guy. I'll tell you this. Bart Scott, longtime linebacker in the NFL, uh, is actually using our studios this week. He's in town. And I just saw him briefly in the hallway earlier today. And he was like, man, that situation in, in Indy is all bad. He's all, as a former player, I just look at it, and there's so many thoughts that go through my head. So I could tell that that situation is going to be bad business. And Bart Scott, by the way, will be a guest on the show this week there as well go. here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So, go ahead, Ari. So take that under on the 4-13, uh, and 13, was it, Colts? <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't look good. All right, over to the NBA. Uh, Damon Lillard has requested a trade. This has been going on for a while now. He requested a trade away from the Trailblazers made it clear through his representation that he's only interested in being traded to the Miami Heat. And now the NBA has sent a memo to all 30 teams. I don't, is, I mean, this just seems like a very weird situation. Is this, I mean, is that a real thing? Like, are we really doing, is that the reason? Or is this just some weird excuse to just not allow Damon Lillard to kind of control the narrative? I think that that's what it is. I think that they're, they're, the NBA is trying to not have the player empowerment that they have. So they're trying to, like basically have it open where any team could go get him. And I think a lot of teams are pissed off. I think a lot of teams like the Boston Celtics and others would like to be in the Dame Lillard, uh, you know, sweepstakes, but his agent and him have made it perfectly clear that he doesn't want to be anywhere but Miami. So they're angry about the situation. But look, I don't understand when it was all of a sudden a bad thing that a player says where he wants to go. Right? Right. I mean, if a player says he wants to go to Miami, so be it. You know what? If I'm Boston and I really want Dame, I'm going to go out there and make a, a, a trade for him. And if he decides he's not going to report, then I'll deal with it then. But sometimes, like Don Donovan Mitchell, he didn't want to go to Cleveland, right? He didn't want to go to Cleveland, but he ended up going because they made the trade. So just go and do it anyway. It happens all the time. There's players that say they don't want to go here, there, and the other, and they end up there. But I don't think it should be a bad, a bad thing that Dame says he wants to go to Miami. Look, he's been in Portland his whole career. He wants to go to Miami. So be it. Like, it's just – it is what it is. Players make the kind of moves all the time. I'd rather it be made in the offseason as opposed to a Kevin Durant move or a Kyrie Irving move right in the middle of the season where they're like, yeah, get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. At least he's doing it in the offseason. So, 
I mean, that guy earned a lot too. Let's be honest. Like he, right? He's deserving of something. He's done than everything this. he can in Portland. Portland is in a position right now where they need to trade him, get as much assets back as possible, so they could try to rebuild that thing because they ain't going nowhere anytime soon. So I'm sure that's part of the frustration too, because Miami doesn't have as much to offer as other teams around the league. So yeah, that's an excuse that the NBA actually put that out there trying to take away the player power that they have. And they've allowed the players to do this for a long time. So that's going to do it. Thank you, Ari. I definitely appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow, same time. Pads are on tomorrow. Straight Radio 920. Have a good one.